This is Popular Front, a podcast focused on the very niche and kind of geeky details of modern warfare with me, Jake Hanrahan. Today we're speaking to Firat Batman. Firat is a Kurd from Rojava, northern Syria, but he grew up in Sweden. He's been fighting out in Rojava now for around three years and currently he's in Deir Ezzel, which is the last pocket where ISIS still has control in Syria. They've been fighting hard to get them out of there. There are thousands there and this is basically ISIS's last stand within Syria. Between fighting, Farat took some time off and he spoke to us on the phone. So you'll have to excuse the sound quality. As you can imagine, calling Syria isn't the best for reception. Either way, I think it's quite interesting because a lot of people seem to think now that ISIS is over because Raqqa fell, but it's not the case, and Farah explains to us why. If you want to support Popular Front, go to patreon.com slash popular front. Hello. Hello, mate, how are you? Oh, uh, what's up, Jake? I'm good, bro. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right, man, I'm all right. Where are you right now? Uh, right now, I'm south of Derizor. South of Derizor. That's got to be a yes, Wild sir. West area right now, eh? Trying to close the bridge there between Abu Kamal and uh, Abu, what's the name of the place? I don't know, Abu Kuzla or something. But uh, yeah, we are closing in, man, to Hajim. So this is the last area, basically, in Syria where ISIS has still got a stronghold. Is that right? Uh, yeah, uh, more or less. Uh, yeah, it's the last stand. Uh, this is where where we finish these rats off and uh, trying to remove all territorial control they got in Syria. Uh, they are literally surrounded like by us, uh, Iraqi army and the regime. And uh, I mean, like, yeah, it's literally the last stand for them. Everybody's there. Much more left. Yeah, and it's just filled with Westerners, man. Like, we just keep, keep taking Westerners, man. Just the other day, we just took like four British dudes, man. What, ISIS? Yes, sir. Uh, there was one from Birmingham. Uh, and the other ones didn't want to talk to us. The guy from Birmingham said it was a medical guy, you know. The Midlands, <laughs> that's my area, man. Traitors. Yes, sir. Oh, <laughs> you even kept like Swedish ones, so you're not alone, man. Everybody's everybody here. Everybody that's here is literally saying the same thing. And what are they doing there now? You know, like surely they know they're over. You know, they can't. They can't move. No, they're literally. They can't move now. All they will have left after this is, is an insurgency, as we have seen in, in some places that just pop up. Uh, they put a couple of mines in Raqqa the other day and uh, in the area of uh, Al Shaddadi as well. So, we have a lot of insurgents. Our forces literally took like 20 of them in the areas of, of uh, Kobani. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, but they're fighting, man. They're fighting. They're, they're fighting hard. Oh, yes, they are. They're, they're giving it the last push, man. Uh, what kind of attacks are you seeing? Like, SVBIDs, or is it a little bit less than that now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, well, I can straight up say when it comes to ground fighting, they have not, uh, nothing left, man. They, they have no, like, no chance at all, man. They just keep sending suicide cars, SVB, fucking uh, suicide killers among the civilians, you know, and... Once and often pop up some uh, regular dude running around civilian clothes and a 
lot as to whatever under it. But I mean, you know, it's they're trying, they're trying to uh, to get out of there, man. They're trying to do as they did in Raqqa and Tabka, trying to get a passage somewhere, you know, or just give up. Uh, we have seen like this couple of days. We have seen a lot of uh, a lot of Westerners, man, trying to give up and and like like uh, surrendering. Coming. Yes, sir. They're trying to like surrender and. Uh, I don't know. They, sometimes they talk to us over radios and uh, trying to come up with a surrender plan. They want to surrender, but I mean, uh, uh, we, no, we're not having that, man. We're not having that <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> yeah. How long have you been out there fighting? I've been fighting since 2015. I uh, was injured uh, before Raqqa in in outskirts of Raqqa in Tabqa City. And I went back to Europe, and uh, I came back after like a couple of months. You know, like after two months, I came back. So yeah. And you're you're um, you're a, you're a Swedish national, right? But you're Kurdish. Yes, sir. I'm uh, raised in Europe. I'm a Swedish nationalist, as you can call it. But I am uh, I am a Kurd from Rojava. I have family here. I have everything here, so it's personal for me. Of course, of course. And when did you decide? What what made you think? Right, I'm gonna go and fight. Uh, when I saw my uncle getting dragged behind a car and crucified in Talhamis. Jesus. You saw a video? Yeah, on a, yeah, I saw a video. At first, as first I heard he was dead, just like they told me, my family told me, your uncle is dead. Uh, so uh, I told my family I'm going to Spain. So I, <laughs> so I just came to, yes, yeah, civil war here, you know. But uh, once I got here, I saw... I was intended to do some media work and translation, but uh, when I would like dig deeper into the thing about my uncle and everything, uh, I just found this video uh, among some of his unit members uh, that showed me. And um, yeah, during all this, uh, another cousin of mine died as well. So yeah, it's been it's been a lot, man. It's it's personal. I got like uncles. My grandfather, every man, 80 years old, literally walked to Sweden. So it's it's very personal. Right. And that's why you're still there, right? Because a lot of the Westerners, you know, I mean, you know, like white Westerners, which is the majority of the foreign volunteers, they've left, right? Yeah, we have. There, there, there are some Westerners here. You know, there's some, we are very mixed, uh, mixed uh, with uh, Westerners here. Uh, I've tried to keep away from them all. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Because I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to get involved. Because the more you you are with them, of course, you're not gonna get it sent in for the for most of the operations because they don't want um, volunteers, you know, dying in mm. the, in a big in big numbers. So it's more or less just uh, stay under the radar and uh, put your GoPro on and uh, document as much as possible. They use you as a translator, right? A lot. You speak what five languages? Yes, sir. I speak five languages. Uh, I try to stay out of translation as well now, but you know, I, <laughs> I can't do everything I want. You know, there's there's a hierarchy here, and there's some orders to follow. So, of course, if I need to translate, I will. And what's your main role now? Are you mainly on the front line, like fighting? Yes, sir. I'm uh, at the moment. I'm fighting, and I'm doing some uh, medical work because uh, I'm a trained combat medic. So. Mm -hmm. I try to do a lot of that and uh, I can say there's a lot of injuries, there's a lot of guys getting injured and it's mostly just by snipers or uh, sneak attacks, you know, or uh, suicide cars and, and stuff like that. It's it's not so much of gun versus gun. It's always sneaky and, you know, they, they, I don't know, man. It's it's like they don't want to stand in front of us anymore. But, I mean, I we, we are getting like 
information that is it's like thousands of them left in Hajin and most of them did like their most hardcore dudes, the Chechens, the Uzbeks, I mean the the French, the all everybody that didn't escape to Turkey or is in Idlib are literally still in Hajin, yeah. You've been out there a long time. Are you seeing a big difference yeah. to how they're fighting now and then before? Yeah, it, it is. I think they're trying to slow us down as much as possible because I don't know what kind of plan they have or why they're trying to slow us down so much. They're not showing themselves. It's most just minds, man. Really? Uh, before, before we used to see, like, we were literally fighting house to house, door to door, and sometimes we could literally open a door and he was sitting there or, or we were looking at each other and, and you know, shooting at each other, but uh, now it's not not that much and we notice like most of the guys that are fighting and dying from them are locals it's not their westerners and their westerners are, are giving up or they're still hiding somewhere right and how, how is the west helping out with the ypg now are they still backing you guys oh yeah 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 of course they are <clears throat> uh, we are still backed by the coalition and uh, we are getting really good support i mean we couldn't have done it without the man, to be honest. I mean, like, because we all know that if we didn't got the support by the coalition, probably Turkey would have bombed us all everywhere. Mm. So we are having really good support by the coalition. They're supporting us with with, uh, with footage, intelligence, uh, you know, you name it, man. MREs. Really? You're getting, you're getting rations? Yeah, man. After eating canned sardines and canned spam for for so long, you know what I mean, and and like soggy wet bread, those those MREs are are pretty good, and and the guys on the ground are really nice to us. They really want to help us, you know. And you're, you're living the luxury sense. now. Yeah, you know, you, you, most of the time they literally said that they would love to be in our spot because we are literally kicking indoors and shit, you know. And right. They can't, and they can't. That's what I found a lot, you know, when I've been, you know, on my travels doing various reports, even if the policymakers are perhaps not saying, you know, pro YPG, you'll find soldiers often are like, yeah, we, we like those guys, you know, we want to fight alongside them. You know, they'll say that quietly. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's like that everywhere, man. Like every time I go, I go to a FOB, a FOB, a medical tent, there is the coalitions, you know, I, they always help me out. They always give me fresh gear. Uh, they, if I did something like that is not good, they, 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 they like teach me better to do this instead, do that, you know, so they're, they're very helpful, man. I mean, I gotta give it to them, bro. There's a lot of us, maybe they don't like the America, you know, some of that, you know, capitalism or whatever, but I mean, it saved our asses for how many years now, so hats off for them, man. And you're not in, you're not in like, uh, International Freedom Battalion or anything, right? You're just part of the YPG proper. No. No, no, no. I have, I'm, I'm, I'm part of the, the YPG, man. I'm, I'm ideologically free and I have no political views on this. I'm just here to protect my family and and protect our land, man. And uh, I can say like the most, most of us are like this, but we are getting fewer and fewer because the people that was like me and kicking indoors are either back home or some of them are actually dead, you know? So uh, I literally feel like I'm, I'm I'm one of the last of the 2015, 2016 guys, you know. There are not many of us left. You are, man. And speaking about that, I mean, don't talk about it if you don't want to, you know. But you, you were good friends with Jack Holmes, you know. I saw you at his funeral. You were distraught, man. 
I mean, how does it feel for you now to be, you know, back out there without him? You know, of course, he, he died last year or this year, rather. It's, it's so hard, bro. It's so hard, man. Uh, Jack was a freaking amazing guy. I knew Jack. I've been rolling with Jack since 2015 on and off. I mean, he was dedicated not just to help the Kurds, he was dedicated to, to get rid of them because he knew that so many came from UK as well. Mm. He was pure-hearted, man. He was. It's very hard, bro. It's, it's, it's not the same being here without him. And I mean, my life will never be the same, bro. Like, you know, it's... Uh, yeah, he man. knew what he was doing, you know, brother. We all do. Like, death is always around the corner. You've been out there a long time. You must have had a lot of close calls, right? Because you're actually out there on the front. Like a lot of these foreign volunteers I know, you know, no disrespect to them, but a lot of them don't do a lot of fighting. You're in there. I've seen your footage, you know. I spoke to Jack. You guys were in amongst it, right? Yes, sir, man. Uh, and, 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 and because of that, it's because Jack no fluent Kurdish. He didn't need a translator. He mm. didn't need anything. And... Uh, people like us were, were needed. He was a good-ass shot. Like, he, he would... He was a good-ass shot. He was a good guy. He never disobey orders. We were always good together. The commanders trusted us. And uh, they started putting me more and more in the front when people started surviving, man. You know, people came to the to the ambulances in the back with, with proper bleeding control, tourniquets on. Uh, so, I mean... and. And Jack knew all that stuff too, man. He knew all that stuff. And uh, I wish sometimes they didn't put us where we were. But I mean, this is what we signed up for, man. You know, we didn't come here to take pictures or or play cool. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm not going to like talk about my other, about my other comrades. No, no, yeah, no, know, no, I understand. Some of them are not fighting as much as, uh, as much as we do. But I think this is because we have a very clear goal and... We know exactly what we're going to say to the commanders and the commanders knows us and what we are. So it's more than giving us the chance. But I've been injured now two times and it's like... How were you injured? Sometimes they... Uh, the first time I was injured, I got hit by a trap in the back of my uh, my right leg. Uh, <clears throat> so I couldn't like sit down and shit. So I had to like rest for, for, for a month in the house of recovery and shit. And the second time was when uh, I was on night guard in the city of Taka where three of our SDF uh, friends were walking in the middle of the night smoking cigarettes. <laughs> and I could literally hear uh, the enemy punching because we were in the last area of, of Taka city and that was like just the high buildings and uh, there was no more air support except from the drone. They would tell us if they saw something but they couldn't drop anything because we were so tight together. And in this particular uh, situation, uh, I could literally hear them with their sledgehammer punching through, punching holes through walls. I could hear the freaking Russian-speaking radios, and and this poor guy was just walking, and I don't know why. Uh, and I was like standing on guard, climbed over my my post, and like get this guy to to hurry up, and like I couldn't scream after him. And as soon as I I just didn't give a shit and wanted to walk and be like dude what the fuck get in here <laughs> and it just lit up and shot the RPG that hit the guy and he was instantly dead man and I just I got hit with like so many shrapnel like all over my body my face my head 
lost the ear, hearing on the right ear. Yeah, and they were like literally above us, man. They were literally above us on the like sixth, seventh floor, and we were on the bottom floor. You're lucky so, to survive that. Yeah, I was, but uh, I got pulled out, and uh, they pulled me out, and I never got to see Jack after that again, man. You know. And, Shit. Yeah, and I got spread up with him, you know, and they pulled me away, and Jack was there, and I didn't want to stay to do surgery in Syria because, you know, we call all the all the freaking surgeries their butchers. <laughs> so I was like, I, I can't I can't go home with a with a meter long scar on my on my face and arm. So they sent me away. They sent me. They said, go home. You've been here long, and mm. that was like the worst thing that ever happened to me, man. You know. I got sent out and I never got to see my friend again, man. And it was many of them that died that I didn't have a chance to say goodbye to. Yeah, so, hey, but so you're still alive, are huh? You're still breathing, you're still fighting, eh? Yes, sir. I'm, I'm fighting, man, until the end, man. I'm fighting here. I'm not leaving here until they're done, until they're all gone. Because it's it's like it's been going on for so long now and it's it's it's, it's overdue, man. It's overdue. It's time to get rid of them, and I think a lot of people in the West now seem to forget that the SDF, YPG, is still fighting ISIS because after Raqqa, it's like, oh, you know, ISIS is gone, but that's not the case at all, right? This is heavy fighting still. No, it's not the case. Uh, people forget about the... People forget that the, the Raqqa Civil Council uh, made a deal. Let me just explain this, this deal thing, okay? This yeah. is how how... Excuse my language, how fucked up it was. They did the same thing in Tafka. In the last place in Taka, when we woke up, we could literally see women and children in the windows. Everywhere. They posted women and children in every window and in, in, in every freaking... Like human shield. You could, yeah. And they knew that we wouldn't shoot. They knew we wouldn't do anything. They had tunnels with like hundreds of children and, and women. When we started stop stop shooting them, because, you know, we are Kurds, man. We, we don't just go in and like shoot them and do whatever we want even though the coalition said hey who cares let's just finish this but it's not in our hands we go to the cities and we live we leave the control to the people of the cities you know mm. and of course the people in the cities don't want to their their families and everybody slaughtered so deal with them so they could release all this all civilians and they did the same thing in Raqqa as well because uh, I was talking to Jack, you know, and, and before everything happened, I was talking to him and he said they did the same thing. Even sometimes they would wake up in the morning, they would they were a whole family outside the hospital you know, or the stadium, like slaughtered or dead. Like, I mean, it's uh, in the left place, they left Raqqa. Where do you think everybody went? They went south. The regime took their Azor and we took the other side of their Azor and they just kept moving south. They just kept moving south. So now it's like in a point where they can't move anymore. So every high head, every commander, every shot caller, whatever we can call it, that is, is with them, is probably still in Hajin. Where's Baghdadi? Like, I hope he's, he's either dog fruit somewhere or he's down there. <laughs> you know? I, I, like, I, I, I don't know because all these highest commanders and all the, the the biggest of them is down there they are obviously protecting something they're protecting yeah. something obviously because they know by now if you send a v-bed 
come on, man. The coalition is going to see you. You have American special forces. You have British special forces. You have French special forces. Like, there's everything here. Like, there's drones. There's predator uh, drones. There's uh, whatever you want, man. F F-60s, F-35s, gunships. Like, you're not going to get away with it. Man. So, I think this is of pure desperation. You know, this mm. is pure desperation. I don't know if they're building tunnels. I don't know if they're waiting for whoever to take them out. I don't know. But all I know is... Nobody's gonna make a deal with them, but now it's over. The deals are over. They, like there's no more deals. It's gonna be finished. It's done, and all they will have left is the insurgency. Nothing more. You, you think know? they'll they'll kind of become like guerrillas? They'll kind of you know ISIS guerrilla warfare after that. Yeah, yeah, of course. We probably will see like it will probably like you know we'll probably be insurgency. Of course, they will. Mm. You know, there's there's not there's not sometimes we come to villages they don't even want us to be there. And you were saying, you just said, you know, you see a lot of yeah. Western special forces out there. Do you see them personally? Have you interacted with them? Yeah, of course. I was translating for them for six months. Like, I know. It's, 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 but they're not being on the, they're, they're, they're not on the front page. They, they will help you. They will be there for you. But I mean, as long as talking names and taking pictures, oh, you, go, you get your ass kicked to go straight to jail. It's not going to happen, man. It's not going to happen. So, you know, you said you found these British um, ISIS fighters, like, what, like the other day. What happens to them? After you've captured them, where do they go? They go to prison. So you they call a guy in the YPG like, hey, come and get them or, or coalition? No, man. I'm, I'm going to let you know straight away. The UK doesn't take They don't even respond, but they don't take responsibility, anything for their uh, for their jihadis. And Sweden doesn't do that either. The, the only countries I can just see myself doing something about it is the countries on the ground like i know if 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 there are french people or maybe an american it wouldn't surprise me if they disappear and the governments take them because that's what we want and that's what we want we want to take responsibility for the for their citizen because we don't execute people what are we supposed to do with them man? we got a country to rebuild we gotta we, we gotta make peace with our neighbors man we gotta build this land for our people and it's not easy if we have thousands of jihadis in our prisons and we don't know what to do with them because we can't execute them that's not how we roll we don't we, we don't kill a guy who surrenders mm. you know it's it's we're not isis bro so we don't know what to do we like with them we want the countries to take responsibility but most of the countries are not even responding to our delegations that want them to to take back their the their freaking jihadis and put them in jail no i agree i agree um you know, you've seen these videos in Afrin, right? Wrath of Olives, these assassination videos. What do you make of yeah, all that? No. Yeah, but that, that's an independent group. That's not Epic Game. Man. Oh, come they're, on, they're, man. Come on. Be serious. No, 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 no. No, no. All the assassinations, like you see, straight up assassinations. This is nothing that is, is from us. Uh, our Yepege even put up a statement that it says there are there. Some of them are local, uh, local Arabic. Some of them are local Kurdish. But uh, really, is that surprise? Are you surprised that they're doing that? Hey, I would have done the same thing if they came to where I am and did that to my family and take. Like Turkey are changing the demographics of our land and the Syrian land. People need to understand we don't want to be split up with Syria, man. We don't want to say, hey, we're going to hold a referendum or whatever in Rojav. No, that's not what we want. We want a democratic Syria. You make peace with your enemies, not your friends. So how are we going to do that when 
Turkey gets involved, like they are literally invading. They are they are invaders, and everybody that comes with Turkey are invaders. Turkey came with the, all the jihadis that have run away from us, even back when Kobani, when we were proving that Turkey is helping them, when we were video filming Turkey giving them shit. In Shadadi, we found 700 passports, all new passports. Malaysian, Indonesian people, Swedish, British, Norwegian, French, you name it. Everybody, one stamp on their passport, Turkey. Turkey is the biggest supplier and the biggest supporter of all these, not even moderate, whatever you can call them. They're terrorists, they're straight up terrorists. Everybody are straight up terrorists that they are helping. You have seen how they treat our people. They steal their things, they steal their tractors, man. Why would you kill a farmer and steal his tractor? He, that's all he got. Why would you go there and burn down all the olive trees? Why would you change the demographics? Why have you changed all the signs to Turkish? You changed the name of mm. our fucking mm. roads and, and cities to Turkish. Like, wh why is the word silent about that? You don't have to worry about us. We can take care of ourselves. We got enough support, you know, to deal with ISIS. But what happens after? Are we supposed to go fight a NATO country? No, we can't do that. How are we supposed to do that? Like, for real. No, that's a very good point. What do you what do you think is going to happen after ISIS? I mean, Turkey right now are talking. You know, they seem to have made a deal with Russia and a deal with Assad because recently they were going to be invade. You know, them guys were going to go for Idlib, and now Turkey is saying, "Oh no, we're not." You know, they're not going to come there. We need to we need to stop the threat in northern Syria. Of course, we know that means the YPG, the Kurds. What do you think is going to happen after this? I mean, <laughs> if we can get Turkey out of it, or we can get that coalition to ha to help with no with a f like no airspace and shit, bro. We will go full force in. Like we don't like if if we are on the same terms fighting, it won't be no problems for us. Cause these are bums, man. Some of them can't even fight. They're just young people. They've been brainwashed, man. Mm -hmm. Half of the people, half of the ISIS people we get, man. I feel sorry for them, bro. Like literally, he's just a guy that lives in a village. He has. He's poor, man. He can't even buy food or, or anything for his family. And then some dude comes up and say, I will give you $1,000 a month. This guy overnight is rich. Of course, I understand it, man. I understand it. But the, 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 it's so much brainwashing. It's so much brainwashing, man. And I, what am I supposed to say? Like, okay, if Turkey leaves, we're going to forgive them. This is nothing that will go unforgive. People will... Like we like we we are ready, man. We want to go in and take our land back, but we can't do that while we have NATO countries not doing shit. Like, how can you support us at the same time and not doing shit at the at the other end? But in a different way, we also knew that the coalition have always said that Efrain is not our business because when they came to Rojava, Efrain was one of the most peaceful areas in Syria. It was flourishing. Everybody that was refugees from uh, other parts of Syria, they went to Efrain and we took care of them. We opened our land for them. We, we provided, you know? So what are we supposed to do, man? Like, really? We know Russia, we know all of them. They, our friends or not our friends. You know, it goes up and down all the time, man. So there's no saying that what's going to happen. All I know is that the Kurdish people want Efrain back. And if they can get a, a free free airspace zone with no airplanes, I think they would they would go for it. Absolutely. But, you know, me, me, me as a European citizen, I, I can't. You know, we are already wanted, wanted in Turkey. Like, I can never go to Turkey or countries that can extradite me to Turkey. 
just because I'm a, I'm a YPG uh, soldier. It doesn't matter if I have Swedish passport, nothing. We already have uh, our friend Joe Robinson that just got seven years in prison. We got two, we got two Czechoslovakian uh, citizens that both of them, and this is a guy and his wife, his wife was doing medical work in Rojava, and mm. he was just doing medical work as well. And they all are in jail for being YPG and paraded on, on Turkish TV for being terrorists. So tell me, where, where does it end? Like, we can't. Like, it, it has to be something that is political. I tell you what, we've got a kind of unique opportunity here where you are one of the last, you know, perfect English-speaking YPG volunteers still fighting in Derizor on the front lines. And this podcast is uncensored. So we've got a good chance now. If you had one thing, you know, you wanted to say to the West, you've been fighting all this time, what would you say? I would say take responsibility for your, for your citizens and open your freaking eyes and just like really just look at the situation and look at your... Your, how do you say your uh, allies or what you call allies? Turkey is not an ally of the West, man. They don't like any of us. They don't. They, they don't. They don't want the West. We have proven this to the world so many times, and still, people still, they don't listen to us. And why would they listen to a militia? We need the coalition. We need the world to literally just be like friends, man. Be like friends. Straight up say you you are helping terrorists. Be like those countries that is not afraid of of the consequences of the political whatever, man. I don't know. I don't know, man. I just we just need the countries to take responsibility, man. Just open your eyes. This is not an issue that will just be here, man. This issue has been going on in all of our countries, man. We have been we have people that have been connected to ISIS killing people in Sweden, man. We have it same thing in UK, in Germany, even in the states, man. So. There's no limit to where these people can go. And as, as soon as everybody starts taking responsibility and working together against global freaking terrorism, that's the only way, man. That's the only way we can do it. And I, all I can say is, hey, the world, you're welcome for the shit we have done, man. We have lost thousands and thousands of Kurds and family members. And there are still 3,000 Yazidi girls missing. Where are they? They're not in Syria. Who? Where are they? Where did they send them? How are we supposed to find our, our, our young girls? They killed generations and generations in Iraq, in, in, in Syria, man. Like, for real, bro. It's like, well, what do people need to do? Like, even when Turkey bombed and killed an American citizen and a, and a German citizen, they just said, oh, we got to keep an eye and focus on ISIS. At the same time, you're supporting us. You're telling us to not get involved with shit. But you are here on the ground, you're supporting us. You are literally giving us support, man. You are giving us the support. You saved our people. So how can you... I just don't understand, you know what I'm saying? It's a real so mess. It's, it's a real mess. It's a, it's a soup of shit, bro. That's what we call it. <laughs> you got chased down in Sweden, right? I remember you telling me you were like, some ISIS guys came for you in Sweden or something? Yeah, 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 man. It even went so far that they know, they know who I am, bro. I've seen people that I grew up with in Syria, bro. No. I've seen people I grew up with in Syria. ISIS. Like, it's not a joke. Yeah, yeah, of course, man. It's not a joke, bro. I literally looked at this guy and I, I was like, like, dude, what the fuck, man? <laughs> and he had a hole in his chest, like, big as a bowling ball, man, like a billiard ball, man, pool ball. 
All I could do was say, man, you're going to die here. Give me your passport. I will give it to the Swedish government. When I went to the Swedish government, nobody even cared, bro. I had five Swedish passports. They just took it and said, thank you. They didn't even care, bro. Mm -hmm. They didn't even care. Like, not even the ISIS flag is illegal in Sweden. Like, in some places, you can see it hanging. They knew who I was. And they don't use my code name. They use my real name. They came to my mailbox, even shot at me when I was out walking my dog, bro. Came you shot at in Sweden by ISIS supporters? Yeah, yeah. They shot, <laughs> when they put it th threats in my mailbox, it was literally the ISIS flag, man. They literally told me, you're Murtadin, you're Kufar, you're going to die, blah, blah, blah. I had to leave because they were shit. Man, there's holes in the walls where my mother lives. You know what I'm saying? So where where does it end? Nobody Ooh. helped me. Nobody said anything. All case closed. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's like, come on, man. Uh, 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 I'm going to survive this piece of shit war. I'm going to die with a fucking small-ass dog in Sweden. Come <laughs> on, man. Where I'm does it end, you know? You say, where does it end? Where does it end for you? For me, my goal more or less was fight ISIS till ISIS is gone, man. Uh, but now we don't even know who ISIS is anymore. Is it the Turkish Free Syrian Army? No. And I don't call them the Free Syrian Army. They're not Free Syrian Army. They're terrorists, man. We have in SDF the some of the real FSA with us, bro. And they are proper Muslims and they love us and they hate them because what they have done to a beautiful religion, man. All, no, no, no religion is like that, man. Mm. And these people do not represent Islam. Real Islam doesn't is not like that, man. Okay, and I, I would never call them Free Syrian Army. These guys are straight up Al Nusra, Ahl Al Sham, ISIS, whatever you can call them. And we have seen what they do to people. They crucify. They're taking whatever parts off of our women. You know, it's like we need we need to end to it, man. And if the, the regime and Russia can stop it and take them out of there. Hey, by all means, man, take them out of there. Because we have cities and places in Rojava where we live in peace with the regime, man. Like, yeah, but those, those guys, man, come on, regime, the second they can get YPG back, they will. They've said it, we're going to take back every inch of Syria. Pragmatically, yeah. I get it, it makes sense right now. But those guys are not your, your friends, really, come on. No, of course they're not. We got to keep in mind that the root of all evil in Syria started with the regime. Absolutely. We would we would never have this if it wasn't for the regime. Like, we all know it. We all know it. The Yepagis was founded in 2011 in a basement to fight the regime. Man. Mm. We didn't have ISIS back then. I mean, but it all came from there, man. And as I said before, you don't do peace with your friends, man. You do peace with your enemies. And... I know there's a, there's talks there's there's talks that we can come to agreement with the regime, but because we we ha you know the coalition is not going anywhere. Let's let's keep that straight. They're not going anywhere. They have bases. They have everything, and they will not leave for the regime or Russia. Man. Yeah, they won't. Yeah. So they will have to come to a conclusion with us. It's either that or we just have to throw down again. And that's nothing. That's nothing what people want, man. Syria is destroyed, bro. We have 3,000-year-old bazaars and places that are gone, blown up. Cradle of civilization is gone in Iraq, in Syria. Where does it end, man? Yeah. How many have to die, bro? It's over, I'm, I'm telling you, it's over a million people died in this war. For what, man? For what? 
You know? Oh, indeed. Mate, that was excellent. Have you got anything else you want to say just before we go? Thank you, man. You know, you're doing a good job. I like you, bro. And, uh, you know, I'm, thank you for letting me fucking speak my mind. You know, it's uh, just people need to hear, you know. It's not it's not a joke, man. Uh, people seem to focus on, like, other shit. But just forget it, man. It's literally good versus evil here, man. Not all people are good, but, you know, some are better than others, you know. Uh, I mean, I know people, some people could call me whatever they want because I'm here, I'm Kurdish, you know. I I don't care, man. I don't care. As long as I see my, my family happy, I can go to Rojava and I can see people, the cities are flourishing. It's all worth it, man. If, if I lay sleepless during night so others can sleep, man, it's all worth it, bro. It's all worth it. Hey, mate, thank you very much. I really appreciate you coming on and speaking to us. Nah, it's all good, bro. All right, mate. Well, good luck out there. Keep safe. We're as safe as you can. Thank you so much, bro. Take care. That was Virat Batman telling us all about the final fight against ISIS in Deir Ezzor, the troubles he's coming up against right now, now that things are kind of winding down, and basically the West's lack of taking responsibility for the jihadists that they pick up out there in Syria. And if you want to keep up to date with what Farat is doing out there, believe it or not, you can actually follow some of what he's doing on Instagram, instagram.com slash ghanima031, which is G-H-A-N-I-M-A-031. I think it means spoils of war or something like that. But yeah, follow Farat. He's a good lad and he's quite an interesting character. This episode was sponsored by thedefensepost.com. Defense with an S. Definitely check them out. And as usual, if you like what we're doing here, you want to see it grow, you want us to keep going, please do consider supporting at patreon.com slash popularfront. There's loads there you get for your money as well. It's pretty cheap for what you get, I think. Bonus episodes, narrated articles, join the Discord, all sorts of stuff like that. Thank you very much to the high-tier Patreons. They are Chad Walker, Teddy, Aliame Leroy, Emily Molly, Daniel Shearer, Peter McCormack, Cedar Fenn, Joanne Stocker, Margaret Bowling, Zachary Hinch, Stephen Henderson, LH, Joel Tambusi, Ryan Sandercock, and Diana Gorvanek. For all things Popular Front, follow me on Twitter, that's at Jake underscore Hanrahan, H-A-N-R-A-H-A-N, or follow Popular Front CO. That's the Popular Front Twitter, obviously. Same as the website, which is popularfront.co. Once the Patreon hits a certain goal, I'm planning to build a proper website for uh, Popular Front rather than just a landing page. There'll be articles, all sorts of stuff when that happens. Um, Please do follow us or subscribe to us rather on YouTube. Hit the bell as well because it never works. Otherwise, we're going to be posting new stuff soon. That is youtube.com slash popularfront. And on Instagram as well, that's instagram.com slash popular.front. Music in this episode, the intro was by Home and the outro was by Son of Old. He's got new music on his SoundCloud, so check that out. It's soundcloud.com slash son dash of dash old. <laughs>